0: David, look who just well, came look in who? Mike McCauley. From here. Come on in, Mike. Good, good in. to see you here, friend. Oh my gosh. Here's the, these are headphones you can put in your ear and so you can hear us talking and then uh but anyway, Mike, kind another legend in the industry. Been around forever, Mr. Warehouse. And uh there, how's, how's that? Is that you can adjust the volume on that headset right there if you want to turn that up or down or whatever you want. Oh good. Well I've got to turn your mic up. I shut it down after Mike. Good. Okay.
1: Good. <laughs> anyway. <Sounds great. laughs>
0: so Mike, it, it, you you guys seriously, folks. If you don't know Mike McCauley, you uh, I, I can't imagine that. But Mike, you've been in this industry for how many years?
1: You know, I, uh, if I was aware, I was in for twenty three years. Wow, yes, twenty three years, and I've been doing consulting with Garrett McCauley with Joe Garrett since about two thousand nine. Great,
0: good. Joe, Joe is just I love Professor Joe. He's just <laughs> he is such a great pontificator. That's <laughs> what I would like to do. I had I wrote a lot of some of our listeners in advance sure. and that are listening to this and. I said, what questions would you like me to ask Mike? And so the first one, of course, is the election. It's a big hot topic, what's going on. Uh, did this election take you by surprise, as it did seem like it took so many?
1: So just to be clear, Dave, we I didn't get to see these questions in advance. No, you uh, did not. That's exactly
0: right. But this is fresh. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah, completely. definitely took me by surprise. I mean, I think the whole consensus, consensus out there was that Hillary was going to run away with it. I think we all remember how – was it uh, four years ago right. it was over and pretty fast right it was. by seven and then, seven central it was over for romney so uh yeah this one definitely took, took me by surprise and uh i was out in berkeley california when it happened
0: oh so, wow so you that that that's the epicenter of the reaction yeah it was it was pretty sad.
1: it was interesting because it was very quiet for most of the time and then it got very noisy yeah so, <laughs> yeah I heard the helicopters that, that night yeah
0: I, you know it, this thing took a lot of us by surprise and um Looking at uh, the markets and the reaction even today, we're watching pretty significant uh, uh, correction or more interest rates continue to march higher. Your thoughts about a Fed rate hike in December, it seems almost certain, at least the markets are telegraphing that.
1: That's what it seems like, and it seems like they're probably going to get on with it a little bit more. Um, yeah. I think that, to my mind, just uh, we actually had our, our client dinner last week. We had Doug Duncan. Oh, I love oh, Doug. Oh, yeah,
0: he's great. He's great. Yeah, Doug really is from my job. hometown of Fergus Falls, North Dakota. Really? Yeah, we're both from the same oh. town. He's a lot younger than I am, so we are uh, we did not get to get to know each other uh, you, when our younger yeah. days.
1: You Doug in the Bakken Field.
0: Yeah, yeah, did. no kidding. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. We have family that have land in the Bakken Field, so yeah. that bunch of poor farmers did all right. <laughs> So anyway, um,
1: uh, but yeah, yeah, I think Doug's take on a lot of that, too. I think he, he spoke for a lot of folks in the room, just that there's a lot of implications across the whole economy, but it just clearly seems like we, I think the day we were there, if you all remember, it started out that uh, the, the futures market was off by five hundred points, That's right that evening. And then the following morning, we came in and everything seemed to be, you know, I think the market actually rallied. Yes. I think earlier today, the Dow hit a a new high. I don't know if it
0: ended that way, but it certainly hit. It wouldn't surprise me. And I think when you look at it, I mean, after all, he's talking about infrastructure, right? He's talking about construction, and that's going to put a lot of people back to work. So you look at P&E ratios and you look at where things are at from that standpoint, you go, oh, you know what? There may be some more lift in this market.
1: Yeah, and I think that was what Doug was. Doug nailed it pretty well, as usual. Doug's pretty much – I don't know if everyone knew Doug actually was two years running, was the National uh, Business Economics uh, uh, Association's – Best forecast two yes, years yes, running, so he's yeah. trying for number three. But sure enough, he nailed it. And I think uh, I think we're seeing it with rates, and it's going to be interesting. I think you know you and I talk about this stuff a lot. What happens when the refis go away? Exactly. right. And uh, you know maybe this is it. I mean, I'm, we're sitting here right now at this a light conference, and you know lights the kind of organization that helps you gives you the tools to figure out well, what <laughs> if what changes? What you know, what if rates do go up? We were just hearing a speaker talk about that. That's exactly way everyone ought to be thinking about it. But let
0: our, go, go ahead. Up, Mark. Yeah isn't an arm market coming back? I mean, we haven't seen a really robust arm market. So we talk about fixed rates, rates go up. Oh my gosh, that's going to change the the volume spectrum. Um, My way of thinking of it is, it's just going to bring three ones back, five ones back, seven one arms back. And so we talk about a reduction in the refi market, but is there really going to be a reduction in the refi market when we see you know, a five-one arm at one point three percent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fair point. I think uh, arms clearly do well in a rising rate market. It, it seems to me, though, I mean, the consumer still is getting historically low rates. These rates are real low rates, even if, even with the bump up that we're seeing now by historical standards. And I think the consumer still wants the fixed rate loan. So, I my opinion, I don't know what you think, Dave. You've been through this a while too. I mean, how much more? It seems there's a lot more
0: room to run before it ever the arm becomes attracted yeah, to the I, consumer. Yeah, I'm not anticipating the arm coming back quite as quickly. I think there's some there. You can start building an argument. We we well, it's how far we go up. I think there's going to be there's more and more talk that I'm a podcast junkie, so I love listening. to Everyone, I think this is going to be a one and done potential a scenarios developing a one and done scenario mm-hmm. that if we go up a quarter point, at least they have something in the tool chest. Should we have any economic stumbling? Then that, that I think that we could actually find it. So if we have a one and done for 2017, there is no R market, need really for ARM market, because rates are still at a good, right. really good level. Um, something that I want to get, unless you want to ask another question on that, Ralph, what I wanted to do is get back to something that you alluded to. You're here at the Alight Conference. Mm-hmm. There's a good relationship between you and Joe and this group, as I have here. I want to hear a little bit about what you, your thoughts about the Alight product, what it can do uh, for companies.
1: Yeah, so I just bumped into uh, Michelle McGovern a little bit earlier on the way in, and uh, we were talking about the first time I met Michelle was I was at this matter of fact I was at this AFM conference a few years ago down in Boca Raton, and we had some real sharp uh, CFOs. Uh, we had, remember Mike Fontaine was oh, up yeah. on the stage, yes. and he was talking about the budgeting process, budgeting and financial modeling. Right. I was I was talking about it from our perspective that you know we've always been big advocates to that to clients. And Michelle came walking up there with, uh, Jared Huff came up as well at the time and uh, just said, hey, this is like right up our alley. This is the kind of stuff we do. And it's interesting because, you know, we run into, we talk about this a lot. We see so few clients who actually do this. I was just talking to Glenn. So Hattie. true is that Glenn where warehouse lender, you
0: know, guy I've known for a lot of years. He is Glenn here? Glenn's here. Oh, I'd love Glenn's to here. see him. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, shy. Guy. He's afraid. To I know home he home is. Home. He is so shy. He gets one of me. He goes, don't bring the mic. Don't bring the yeah, mic. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. he, anyways, we were just talking about the yeah. fact
1: when a lot of times we were, we would be lending to somebody and they get in a cash flow problem and they come back and say, Hey, can I get out? The, can you guys make me some advances? Right. Can you not can you delay your interest bill? Various things. And so the first reaction, our, our immediate thing out of it is, well, I'd like to work with you, but how about a cash forecast?
0: And these guys couldn't even do a cash Great forecast. Great point. Great so, point. So, I mean, that's an
1: extreme example, but I, I think what we find so often is that we're talking about today, you're asking a valid question. What happens with rates? What happens with the election? Well, uh, Michelle was just making a point a few minutes ago, you know, what are the scenarios? She's sitting there with her old business, and Lehman Brothers is going down the tubes, you're looking on TV. Well, what do you do? And I think that's a good example. I think where we – well, we've been big fans of light Is if they don't, if you don't have some kind of a budget, we get too often. Dave, guys will say to us, yeah. um, uh, you know, you tell me what happens to rates, and I'll tell you what happens to profits." Well, that's not the right answer. <clears throat> the right answer is, "Tell me what happens to rates. I'll try a couple of scenarios, see what happens with it, and based on that, let's see what the earnings are." And I think we've really gotten a few of our clients here who've been able to say. Yeah, I was working spreadsheets before, and it gets complicated with the spreadsheets. and getting one little thing changed here to get it to carry
0: through and not right. make
1: mistakes, tying it together. I haven't seen a client yet who hasn't tried
0: on light and liked it. Yeah, and immediately. It, it's, it's one of those things. In fact, you guys, early on when I had my mortgage company, I, you know, I, was, I was in Southern California. I remember you. Joe did uh, a great job yeah. of just influencing and mentoring me along the way yeah. at different times, more through his, what he published out there but it's know your numbers and he, right. he has been an absolute he's been beating on that nail yeah. forever in this industry let's talk about some of the things with the time we have some of the things that you guys are working on that you're excited about uh again joe's so colorful i mean I, I appreciate people that are authentic oh, and speak right. it right and there's not anyone who does that better than uh the joe joe is just he's he
1: fantastic. he's
0: real and yeah. i love that so what are the things that most concern you about the industry that you're focusing on? And then what are the things that you go from an optimistic standpoint where you go, I'm really excited about what? I got a okay. bunch of questions that were submitted to me around that. Sure. So go ahead. Let's get your those two aspects yeah. of it.
1: Yeah. So I I, I think from, from our end, what concerns me more is, you know, I, I maybe sound like a broken record on it, but what are you preparing for the downturn? Yeah. And uh, I, I think in the last cycle, we did a lot of work around people. We tend to get a lot of phone yeah. calls from mortgage bankers when they're not making money. Yes. Yeah. So why am I not making money? How can I be more efficient? We love that kind of business. Yeah. Because I mean, it's the most rewarding thing that we do in, uh, yes. for, in, at all. And, uh, often I, the last cycle when I was helping people do that, you know, you're, you're, you're going through you, they pay good money and we go through the presentation, work it out, nice written report, a lot of information back behind it. And then all of a sudden a refi wave starts up again and they don't even, you know, they, you can't even get them on the phone to go the report. They've exactly already paid it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so we found it kind of, it, it's, you know, it's a Warren Buffett thing. You know, when, when the tide comes back out, you find out who's been swimming naked.
0: Yeah. It's like, that's great.
1: sort of where we may be now. So. We try to get people to think ahead to what could go wrong, what rates are back, and I personally, I I think that's the biggest thing most rewarding to us is helping people think. Light's one of those tools. We have a lot of practical business experience, tools like Motivity that help them measure. Oh, I love Motivity. yeah. Yeah. There's so many good tools out there, and a lot of folks just don't do that. So what we really like to do is help people figure those kinds of things Let's out. Let's look
0: at that just a little bit. Let's dive into that a little bit different. When you look at some of the deeper aspects of where people are needing help, I agree with you. I you, you mean, when people are in a panic, it's, it's like the guy that gets a bad health report. So he gets out, he loses some weight, and then he stops going to the doctor and we slide back into bad habits. The things that you guys are really focusing on is why I know one of the things that Joe writes about is the, the numbers, number one. Yep. And then is there, what about, the use of technology a light is a technology company how do you see technology playing a role in that and follow-up question right after you answer that one sure
1: and and i think if we go back to our careers dave i think we see particularly after downturns there's this bump in the technology people are so busy figuring out how to reduce costs at that point for the right reasons that's something i probably should have focused on all along but it comes imperative when the market is off like that And i think that's when you start to see the technology bumps and i think Generally, we all know when the market's really hot and things are busy, hey, throw more underwriters at it, throw more, you know, LOs at it. But we're actually starting to work with some companies. We just had a few of them at our dinner, dinner last week, where a few of them actually have, have really tried to redesign the process and get, make it more efficient. Good. One company was talking to us about is more sort of a, um, a direct to consumer type of model. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about the fact that 30% of all the loans that come through, they don't even touch a human.
0: I mean, wow. They even
1: call the people, person at the very end and say, hey, would you like some help on, on that or everything okay? Yeah, I'm like, hearing
0: more and more reports on that. Yeah, why yeah. are you calling me? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So I think, I think technology is clearly a tool no matter what. You, you asked me things about being optimistic about. The other thing is, I, I think technology shifts it, but we know there's going to be a lot of people who want the hand holding. They want the LO. Yes. There's going to be some of that, but there's going to be less of that. Yeah, and I think as there's less of that, I think LO, LO compensation becomes more reasonable. It's a very expensive proposition. Let's, let's go right there.
0: Now. We we saw what the PHH case. Yeah, uh, Mitch Kaider was championed. That was all the way through. Then yeah. it went up to the appeals court, appellate uh, court, and we saw a very positive ruling there. Uh, we've got a shift in who's in the White House. There seems right. to be more of a uh, less focus on regulation. I think it's the CFPB is here to stay. I mean, that is now going away. But so I think I think. People who think this is going to change suddenly is are are really going to be missing or a little bit surprised. But what is your perspective, using Joe's perspective right now on that? That Mm -hmm. was one question on regulation, where the trends are on that. Yeah, and that's a
1: great point. Actually, it's interesting because Mitch was actually talking to us the day after the election. Same thing, Dave. And uh, we got into the point where I think what's interesting is now it's the administration's signaling they want to dismantle Dodd-Frank or probably not get rid of everything, obviously. I agree with you. I think take care of parts of it and eliminate right. parts of it. But I think the other part that Mitch brought up is the compliance isn't going away. Just as you said, they're not going to get rid of the CFP, but things yeah. are going to be different. There's, there's no doubt about it. But his he made a good point, be compliant, remain compliant. You know, we actually find from our perspective companies that are compliant actually have a competitive advantage. Yes. Um, so yeah. we've always, uh, the best client we ever had, comp- uh, best in terms of profitability, uh, they were just at the, um, at the, uh, at your uh, event? Uh, yeah, actually, no, they were, they were at the, I think it was uh, Pete Marwick, I guess, was having, I think it was Pete Marwick, oh. uh, having well, their Entrepreneur of the mm-hmm. Year award. I'm pretty sure Pete Marwick. Um, but that was first up in Portage, uh, Michigan. And I remember the guy saying uh, to me when I used to go in and do a review of his company for a warehouse bank five years ago. And I uh, said, this is Mark Jones. Oh, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I know Mark real well. Yeah, great great guy. guy. So I, ask, yeah, I always ask, say, well, okay, what are your strategic initiatives? And here's a company that's making a lot of money, great secondary yes. execution, you know, controls the leakage, all yes. the things we like so much, nice margins on the front end of the loan, great profitability and basis points. And first thing out of his mouth was, I want to be bulletproof on compliance.
0: That's so true. And that, that's that good. That's actually carried those. They
1: actually carry those. They do well with recruiting. Every yeah. company I see that works hard on compliance tends to do better in terms of performance. It takes it off the table, brings in the quality LOs, keeps the regulators off their back, keeps people focused.
0: What do you think about consolidation? That's one of the questions that came in. Your thoughts, are we going to con- just see... An ever-increasing consolidation, the fewer numbers of players with higher net worth. Is that really the the continuing trend? That's a great
1: question, and it's one I think I hear that. How many times have you, Robbie? I guess I've been in the business roughly 30 years now. You have, two. I mean, they've been saying that for a long time. We still see mortgage companies form. You know, first go talk to First Funding. They're a warehouse lender, just you know, merging mortgage bankers. They're doing it all the time. There's no new people starting. I think what's consolidated has been the servicing. That's pretty clear. That is. So I'm sure you've seen a lot of clients Mm who are taking on their own servicing using a sub Clearly, there's consolidation there. But I, I just I have, I'm optimistic for the smaller mortgage banker. I am mean, Some some of them will consolidate. Some will get out of the business. Some will roll up. Uh, every time there's a downturn, some of the weaker ones want to consolidate or they just want to you know hang up their shoes. But I think in general there's always going to be a
0: good market out there. You guys do a great job. I yeah, encourage sure. our listeners to be able to tune in, tune in to you. What's the best way to get a hold of you for those that are listening to this and the, your website and then also phone numbers?
1: Sure. Okay. Website is That's Uh You can phone number, uh, yes. phone number 281-250-2536. two eight one two five
0: zero two five three six. You've done a great job in the industry. Well, you've done a great job too. This this whole podcast thing is just something I started needing some information and it's taken off and doing really well. But I I just have tremendous respect for when you were a warehouse lender. And now I'm so grateful that you're taking that knowledge instead of just giving it to the clients and where you were warehousing them uh, to bring it out to the whole industry. And uh, I'm really just honored to have you sit in the chair here and allow me to spend a few minutes. Say hi to Joe. I what will you? do. and well. his hat. I oh, love that the hat. I'll say hello to the hat for you. Say hi to the hat. All right. All right. Hey, thank you. Thank appreciate you so much. Really appreciate, appreciate it. it you bet. Folks, we've just had Mike McCauley in the booth here with us. Really been good to interview him. Mike is just one of those individuals. I've known him as a warehouse lender and you look at someone, a warehouse lender has a unique perspective on companies because who's carrying the risk beyond the the, the guy that's personally guaranteeing the lines? We got We've got, I've just got told I've got to bring my voice down a little bit more, but what we have is the warehouse lender is the one that takes the greatest risk. They're advancing at 98%. So anyway, glad to have his perspective on this.